hard return for Gunnar Maldonado. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I want you to get up right now. Go to your windows, open them, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in on a Friday here at Riverwind Casino. Always a great time out here at Riverwind. Mike Steely with you on this Friday as we get ready to usher in 2024 over the weekend. And we have the one and only Parker Thune in San Antonio. And, uh, Parker, you were there last night, scene of the crime. The Sooners uh, snatched defeat from the jaws of victory and lose to Arizona 38-24. to And I am wondering how Oklahoma lost that football game. Now, we know why they lost that football game. Six turnovers, and uh, once the uh, the score was tied up there in the fourth quarter, they were outscored 17 to nothing by Arizona. But Oklahoma is right there, right there. They are up 24 to 13 in the red zone. Probably going to get at least three points. And if you get the touchdown, you're up 31 to 13. Guess what? It's ball game. Game over. You're going into the offseason feeling good, uh, better. And again, I, I don't put a ton of stock in the Alamo Bowl, but Oklahoma should not have lost that football game. You get the 87 yard, you know, fumble return by. Uh, Gunnar Maldonado off the uh, Farouk fumble. It was a rough night for Jalil Farouk. But Oklahoma literally has Arizona on the ropes. One more punch, Arizona's going down. Instead, Oklahoma loses the game last night, 38-24. Parker Thune, I don't know why. And, again, it was the Alamo Bowl. It's not like there was a ton at stake there. But that felt to me like one of the most devastating losses in Oklahoma football. Now, what was on the line? Not much. But, you know, I think about devastating Oklahoma football losses, and they come in bigger games, the LSU championship game in New Orleans. Uh, You think of the uh, Nebraska game in Lincoln in 1978 when Oklahoma fumbled a bunch of times and lost to Nebraska, cost them a national championship. Uh, That year they get their revenge in the Orange Bowl, but it didn't matter. Uh, But, again, last night I – we are sitting there watching the game, Shay and I, and we're kind of like, how, how did that just happen? Parker, you were there. What was it like? Well, Steely, it was a weird, weird game. I mean, that's about the word that best sums it up, I think. Arizona scored the first 13 points of the game. Oklahoma ripped off 24 in a row. And then the Wildcats scored the final 25 points of the game, all coming within the final 16 minutes of play to put that thing out of reach and walk away with a victory in the 2023 Valero Alamo Bowl. And, look, there's there's so much to unpack 
about what took place last night in San Antonio, and no doubt we will. Right? We just don't. We don't just have two hours to break this down. We have eight months to break this down, exactly. and no doubt we're going to scrutinize it from every freaking angle, man. Especially the performance of Jackson Arnold. But all in all, here's here's what it boils down to, Steely. I am very much of the opinion that it's usually pretty easy to see where a football game is won and lost. It is overwhelmingly easy to see where the football game was won and lost last night. And so I, anytime Oklahoma loses a football game, you see people pointing the fingers and casting blame at anything and everything. In the aftermath, whether that's the defense, the secondary, Seth Luttrell, Brent Venables and his game management, the offensive line. People want to blame anything and everything they can point their finger at. But in reality, Steely, the Sooners lost the game last night because they were minus five in the turnover battle. And you don't win football games that way. They played well enough to win the football game absent six turnovers you cannot win a football game if you turn the ball over six times and so look i i don't feel like i'm sugarcoating anything because i've said the exact same thing for the last three weeks right this game was never going to change my opinion of oklahoma heading into 2024 all that much now no doubt if you're an oklahoma football fan you wanted to see jackson arnold play a little bit cleaner last night and that's fair He did telegraph a couple passes that got picked off. He certainly had some freshman moments. But my two takeaways are as follows. One, it's very easy to see what the Rudy issue for Oklahoma was last night, and that was the six turnovers. And two, my opinion as to the manner in which the Sooners are walking into the SEC in the year 2024 does not change drastically based on the outcome last night. Yeah, this is a game where Oklahoma had nearly 550 yards of total offense. Arizona ran the ball for 29 yards. Noah Fafita was running for his life a lot. Give him credit. You know, Arizona made plays down the stretch, had a long scoring drive. Sooner defense ran out of gas a little bit, uh, didn't tackle as well. So you got to give Arizona credit, no doubt about it. But at the same time, That is absolutely a football game that Oklahoma should have won last night. Like I said, Arizona averaged one yard a carry on the ground. And uh, the Sooners beat themselves, and they gave Arizona new life. Jalil Farouk had a really, really tough night. I love Jalil Farouk. He's a warrior. The man, ball security, got a ball security issue there. Uh, But it just felt like a gut punch, even though it was just the Alamo Bowl. It, it felt like a gut punch, I think, for some Sooner fans. So we've got a lot to talk about. I am here at Riverwind Casino, and there's always something happening here at Riverwind. And uh, what it's all about is you winning out here. The 100K Frosty Fridays promotional drawing tonight. This is the last drawing of this promotion. Uh, you know, if you've been playing with your wild card, getting the extra entries, that would be beneficial. But get out here tonight, win your share of 100K in cash and bonus play. And then we have Sunday night, the Midnight Magic Madness promotion uh, comes to an end. Play with your wild card. Hopefully you've been doing that. You can still do it. But if you've been playing particularly on Sundays, you've been getting 17 times the entries. 
Uh, they will have the preliminary drawings here New Year's Eve, 6 to 11.30. Win your share of 100 k in cash and bonus play in the Midnight Magic Madness as well. And the eventual grand, grand prize winner is going to win at least $20,000, $240, in cash. Uh, we've got concerts coming up this weekend at the Showplace Theater, the comedy of Ron White coming up tomorrow night. That will be a great show. And then we have the New Year's Eve show at the Showplace featuring Midland, and that will be a great show as well. So Riverwind Casino, newly renovated. If you haven't seen the new gaming floor, it is real. It is spectacular. Nearly 3,000 electronic games now. Best selection of games. They've got all your favorite table games as well. We've talked about the bars and dining. The options out here are really, really good. And they've got a world-class hotel attached right to the casino. That is why Riverwind is simply the best in the metro as far as casino experiences. All right. um, 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Arizona wins 38-24 last night. Uh, again, 28 points off six Oklahoma turnovers. Arizona had one. Sooners also had eight penalties. They were holding a bunch, man, 76 yards. Arizona had four for 40. But uh, clearly the issue was the turnovers. But it looked like the Sooners, you know, had control of the football game. Defense played well for nearly three quarters. Broke down late. Obviously, they weren't very good on defense early in the game, digging a hole for themselves. But uh, And Jackson Arnold still think he's going to be a star. Uh, the people out there, Parker, that are evaluating Jackson Arnold after a game and a half, this kid can't play, man. I hope Michael Hawkins comes in here and takes his job. You know, that was ridiculous. Those people are absolute morons. I mean, if you were basing – your opinion on a kid not being able to play after one and a half games in his first start last night with a makeshift offensive line, could it have been better? Clearly it could have. Wasn't quite what we expected, but you know what? How about that pass to Brennan Thompson? How about that pass to Nick Anderson? He made some NFL-level throws last night, but you've got growing pains. You've got growing pains. And, again, if you think the kid can't play right now, I'm sorry. You're an idiot. Um, But let me know if you think I'm wrong. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet Texan. But, look, we're always going to get overreactions. You know what that's all about. People aren't patient. Uh, But, you know, there there was some good stuff from Jackson Arnold last night that was really good, and there was some really bad stuff. And that's part of the learning curve, right? Yeah, without question. He's a true freshman making his first career start. It wasn't perfect last night. I think we all had visions of grandeur, right, that he was going to come on out and rip off this flawless 350-yard four-touchdown performance. And at the end of the day, uh, he he still did have some really encouraging moments, right? You saw some five-star moments from Jackson Arnold. That throw to Brennan Thompson, the 63-yard bomb, the throw to Nick Anderson in the corner of the end zone, among others, what he was able to do with his legs at times when the play broke down. All of that suggested, as well as his resilience and hanging in there after those two early interceptions, all that suggested that this is a guy that's going to be able to play the quarterback position at a high level for Oklahoma, no doubt about it, but... What we also learned last night is that he's far from a finished product. And for being a true freshman, Steely, 
that's okay. Forgive me if I am not alarmed by the way that Jackson Arnold looked last night in the Valera Alamo Bowl. It could have been better. Don't get me wrong. That is undeniable. That is objective. Could have been a lot better. But the fact that it wasn't does not alarm me because, after all, he is a true freshman making his first career start for an offensive coordinator that was running offense that wasn't his own. Let's be patient. Let's see what he looks like comes come 2024 because and this is another thing I feel that I have to remind people of so frequently. Players improve. Players get better. Just because that's what he looked like on December 28th, 2023, doesn't mean that's what he's going to look like come August 31st, 2024. The uh, skill set is clearly there for uh, JFA, there's no doubt. You know, he can spin it, but the decision-making, you know, that's still uh, up to debate, and uh, that happens a lot to kids in a situation like that, even if they are five-star talents for the first time. But, again, some people last night, and, again, these are the idiots on social media that are looking for attention or trying to troll people. Uh, oh, man, that's Trevor Knight 2.0 or Red Bomar, you know, 2.0. No, no, you've got to give the kid some time. He has the arm talent. I think he's going to be a really good player for Oklahoma. Wasn't his best night last night, but there was some stuff there you watched and you saw it. You thought, yeah, that's a five-star throw right there. Okay, we're here at Riverwind. Want to hear from you, 405-651-3439. Always love being out here at Riverwind Casino. Want to thank our friends again at Lasher Home Comfort Systems. They always sponsor hour number one right here on Steelman and Thum, 405-579-3113. Any heating and air need that you need addressed, they do a great job at a very fair price, professional outfit, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Man, I don't think two hours is going to be enough today, folks, but we're going to try. Uh, so let's get the text line going. Let's have some post-game audio. Brandon Drum at 135 talking about uh, last night and looking ahead to next year right here on the home of Sooner fans. Stay with us. You know, you get uh, angrier in your old age. I'm the guy, you know, I'm yelling at clouds as soon as I leave here at Riverwind. You know, if there's a cloud up there, I'll probably yell at it. Not about what's happening here at Riverwind because uh, there's always something great happening here at Riverwind. And wait until you hear about the uh, great promotions they are ushering in for 2024. Justin and the uh, Chickasaw Nation, the people out here at Riverwind Casino, best people I've ever worked with uh, in the media. we got some good ones, too. Gary Cavins right up there. A lot of our great sponsors on the ref, but always love being out here at Riverwind Casino each and every Friday. All right, let's get to our Ortho Central clips here, uh, and then we'll get to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Ortho Central with clinics in Norman, Midwest City, now the uh, new Tri-City location serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. Their full-service clinics do a great job treating orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. So the Sooners lose 38-24 38-24 in a game they absolutely should have won and should have delivered a knockout punch in. Instead, they got knocked out uh, over the last 15 minutes plus of the game. Wildcats 38, Oklahoma 24. Sooners finish up the season 10-3. and Here is Brent Venables on the loss and the season. Uh, got everything uh, that we could uh, out of this group of guys, and, and you guys have, have led the way. And we squeezed all the juice out of it we could squeeze. And uh, just so I I'm, I'm just want to say uh, how thankful I am 
uh, for all of our players and these guys as leaders of the team. And I'm disappointed for them that uh, we couldn't do a few things a little better to have a chance to win. And we certainly had a, it was a heck of a game and uh, came out on the wrong end of it. I don't want to speak the obvious, but uh, and obviously, you know, you're not going to win uh, and you lose a turnover margin six to one. That's the name of the game. But that's, uh, but again, doesn't take away again the type of again season and the type of uh, men that we have and what our future looks like. All right, there's Brent Venables, Jackson Arnold, his first start. The uh, Ballyhood recruit, five star. Suter fans have been waiting to see him. You know, in action, playing a full game last night, there was some good and there was some bad. He held on to the football too much. I think he got spooked a little bit after Arizona, you know, tied up the game. And, uh, you know, there was after the Farouk fumble and uh, returned 87 yards for a touchdown by the uh, Wildcats, then an interception on the next series. Uh, the offensive line was a patchwork group last night, a lot of holding calls. Uh, there was a lot that, you know, was not up to – OU standards, but the kid is a freshman, super talented. But guess what? Some of those throws were definitely up to the OU standard. The one to Nick Anderson for the touchdown, the one to Brennan Thompson uh, and others. He's got a cannon for an arm. It's going to be about reading defenses, decision-making, you know, looking off, uh, you know, certain receivers and not concentrating and just zeroing in on one, things like that. He'll have to clean up. Here is what Jackson Arnold said about his performance last night. Um, I loved what uh, Coach Luttrell and Coach Finley did tonight. Um, I've got the utmost confidence in them that they're going to call a great game, um, and I, I believe they did. Um, those mistakes were on me. I'm going to take the full blame for that. Um, I've just got to be better. I thought they put me in great positions to win tonight, and just ex- lack of execution was the problems that we had tonight. You know, um, our team chaplain this morning, that was a – the main focus was uh, battling through adversity because it's going to strike at some point, and it did tonight. And, um, you know, obviously there's – Things I want back tonight, but just learn to keep my head up and just keep on playing through no matter what. There you go. Jackson Arnold again, uh, 26 of 45, 361 yards, two touchdowns, and three picks in the loss to Arizona last night. I loved, you know, what Danny Stutzman did after the game. That dude is a leader extraordinaire and 100% Oklahoma Sooner. Uh, and let's hear what uh, both Brent Venables and Danny Stutzman had to say supporting Jackson Arnold in the postgame press conference. Jackson had a, a you know many things tonight that was just fantastic. He's he gonna have an amazing future, and uh, we gotta be a little better around him to help him. Jackson's a baller, and you know, we have full faith in him. You know, first career start. I mean, he he played his heart out. I mean, he, every time he enters that field, you know, I have so much confidence in that offense, everything that they do. You know, I love him to death. You know, he's a tremendous player. I know now there's going to be some adversity, but he needs to hang his head up high, you know, higher than ever, because you know Oklahoma has his back. That entire locker room is, you know, with Jackson, and this changes nothing. There you go. All right, Ortho Central clips of the day right there. Parker, let's uh, let's hit up that text line. I I would think the text line is moving pretty fast <laughs> right now. Four zero five six five one. 3439 Knippelmeyer Chevrolet Tax Line. Let's get it started. A listener in the 405 asks, has anyone checked in on Uncle Steely yet? Yeah, probably won't be hearing from him for a while. No, and uh, Uncle's got to feel pretty bad because in his appearance with T-Row and TJ uh, yesterday morning, he called Arizona quarterback Noah Fafita Noah Fajitas. Noah Fajita. And uh, T-Row said 
Oh, no, now you're going to get that stuck in my head. And apparently T-Row let loose with a few Noah Fafitas or Noah Fajita calls last night. So Uncle probably feels really bad about that. All right, back to the five, text line. Five-star Randy says, do not remember the Alamo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be hard to flush that one for a while. I was surprised about, you know, uh, the the anger that I felt last night, the disappointment. Uh, and you're, you're not supposed to let that affect your commentary. And, you know, you can't, you, you know, obviously I oh you grad, grew up in Norman, all that stuff. So, of course, I'm, you know, looking for the Sooners to win every game. But I don't want that to affect, you know, well, I can't criticize them or pick against them. I, I never want to be that guy. That's a homer. But that one, man, I went to bed angry. I'm like, how did they lose that game? It was like you've got – You've got your opponent on the ropes with, you know, one more punch and the opponent's knocked out and you can't deliver that punch. Instead, you know, you slip up and the the opponent starts punching back and you're knocked out. I mean, it was it was wild. The momentum swing on that one play was one of the biggest momentum swings. I, I don't know that I can think of a Sooner game that had a bigger momentum swing than that on that one play. Well, and. And for you, Steely, I mean, this game kicked off at 8.15 p.m. So, you know, you're you're accustomed yes. to rooster kickoffs. Oklahoma loses a rooster. You can walk outside and yell at the clouds. Can't really do that at midnight because it's too freaking dark at that point. How That's did right. You, I, how did I you think s- I, I got about three hours sleep, Parker. I got about three hours sleep. And it was, again, I, I like I said, I've never seen a game where – you know, you're thinking, man, what a disastrous start. This can be Arizona 42-14 to 14 or something. And then the Sooners regroup. Jackson Arnold starts playing well. The defense played really well for two and a half or three quarters, really well. Arizona couldn't run the football. And you're thinking, all right, it's going to be nice going into the offseason, a little confidence for Jackson Arnold, feeling good about yourself. And now it becomes a troll offseason. All because of the meltdown and the turnovers, the offseason becomes a troll offseason, which is very, very disheartening. Another listener in the 918 says, it was simply one team doing what they've done all year and the other starting something new. That's a good point. I hadn't yeah, really considered yeah. it that way. But that's a good point as well. Arizona, man, they, they had a tried and true method that had worked for them to great success over the course of the second half of the regular season. They didn't need to change anything up. Oklahoma did. They were breaking in some new stuff, obviously breaking in a new offensive coordinator, a new starting quarterback. That's not an excuse by any means, but Arizona had to change much less going into that game. Yeah, and you knew the overreaction was going to be there. And Look, it's not everybody. It's 5%, maybe 10%. Sooner fans are very passionate. I get that. That loss stung, man, for a game that you thought, yeah, okay, let's see how Jackson Arnold plays and, you know, let's see uh, what happens with Seth Luttrell and Joe John Finley, you know, and don't really overreact to anything that happens in that game. But because that game should have gone on the win column for Oklahoma and the way it switched and turned around so quickly where you're, like, blindsided, like, how did that just happen? Sooner fans were very angry and still are. All right, we'll break right here. We have uh, a lot more texts flying in. We're going to get to as many as we can. Brandon Drum will join us at 135 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. 
Mike Steely with Parker Thune. Keep the checks rolling in. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. We also have coming up the dumbass clip of the year and the awesome clip of the year. Can you guess who the two people are? We'll do that next also right here on The Ref. We are back here at Riverwind Casino. There's always something happening here. There are always great promotions here. There are always uh, great places to eat and drink and just have a good time here at Riverwind Casino. And again tonight, we have the uh, 100K Frosty Friday's drawings. Last one. Get out of here. Win your share of $100,000 in cash and bonus play. They are giving away. And then New Year's Eve, the Midnight Magic Madness. Again, be here New Year's Eve, 6 to 11.30 p.m. Win your share of 100 k in cash and bonus play there as well. Grand prize winner is going to win $20,240 in cash and maybe even more than that, depending on the unclaimed prizes and the amount left over. But at least $20,240 in cash. We've got big promotions happening uh, in January, including the first down in Neon Town. Play Gaming Capital Group Machines and uh, win some tickets to the big game. All right. 405-651-3439. Right before we go back to your texts, uh, it is, you know, the next time we'll be on, it'll be uh, Tuesday. It'll be 2024. So let's let's run first the dumbass clip of the year. This one comes from Muleshoe. And uh, talking about the defensive prowess that uh, he had at Oklahoma, the dumbass clip of the year. You're a stupid dumbass. <laughs> I know what the change can look like, and like I said, ironically, Alex was a, a huge part of that. I mean, I watched uh, I watched a, a defense when we took over at, at OU that, that was, you know, not the not the strength of the program, and then I watched in a matter of several months it become the strength of the program. Um, and the chief reason why, you know, the last three years, the majority of those wins came on the heels of how well we played defensively. <laughs> Shut up, dumbass. What a bunch of dumbasses. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> All right, uh, the dumbass clip of the year, courtesy of one mule shoe, and the awesome clip of the year. When I heard this, nearly brought tears to my eyes. And I don't think there's anybody that has a, a soundbite that's in the same ballpark as this one. For the awesome clip of the year. Roll it. Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. We've got a lot to play for this season, right? Of course. You know, people want to act like there isn't. You know, you see it a lot. Who's people? The fans. Overreactionary. All right, well, yeah, that's natural, but I come in here day in and day out, spend 10 hours up here every day, and for me, there's a lot left to play for, and I bust my tail year-round for this for six years now, so I'm not really listening to what people say. I don't care if we're 0-8 right now. I'm playing ball because I love to play football. I love my teammates. I love my coaches. I love the University of Oklahoma. It's really that simple. I got a lot of pride for this place, so I'm going to go hard every single day and do everything I possibly can to see us win, and, and that's the end of it.
Greg Stoops, a runaway winner for the awesome clip of the year. I mean, this was a no contest. If uh, we were up to votes, uh, nobody else would even get a vote because that is one of the best sound bites I've ever played in radio right there. And it's genuine. And, man, you talk about I think Drake Stoops is going to be as missed as just about any sooner football player you can think of, whether it's Baker Mayfield or Billy Sims or, you know, uh, the Selman brothers. He's he's not in their league talent-wise, but he, you know what? He's pretty darn talented, and he is tough as nails, and he is a classy kid who gave his all every day, and that's what it means to be an Oklahoma Sooner right there. So, Drake Stoops, salute to you. What a great, fantastic career. And uh, whatever he does, whether it's, you know, make make a roster in the NFL or if he ends up in coaching or whatever, that attitude, that work ethic, the way he attacks every day, he's going to be a success in whatever he ends up doing. And I think he's got a, a good, solid shot uh, to make his mark in the NFL as well. All right, Parker Thune, is there any other soundbite you could think that could compete with that? No, Steely. I mean, that was – as soon as you said it was the runaway winner, there was one clip that came to mind, and it was that one. It almost would have been a disservice to go with any other snippet, any other soundbite from this year that wasn't that one from Drake Stoops because, obviously, you would have liked to have sent him out a winner last night at the Alamo Bowl, but uh, put the finishing touches on an outstanding six-year career over the course of which he caught passes from nine different quarterbacks – at the University of Oklahoma, made his mark, and left a legacy. You know what? Here's the thing. Here's what's so impressive about Drake Stoops is that he is no longer Bob's kid. That's not how you remember Drake Stoops. You remember Drake Stoops not for what his last name is, but for what he did on the football field as an Oklahoma Sooner. And, man, I wish he could have gotten to that 1,000-yard plateau this year. Uh, I obviously wish that the Sooners could have sent him out on top with a win in the Alamo Bowl last night, but man, Drake Stoops had an exceedingly memorable career at the University of Oklahoma, one of the more memorable ones of the 21st century, and it's not just because of what he did on the field, right? Because obviously he was a productive player, far from the most productive OU has ever had, far from the most impactful, but... He was a consistent contributor for four seasons, 2020 through 2023, as a member of that lineup. But the way that he represented the program, the way that he led, and the way that he continually worked to improve his game and improve his craft. The Drake Stoops that walked off the field last night at the Alamo Bowl is a far cry from the Drake Stoops that had the winning touchdown reception against Texas in the Red River shootout back in 2020. And that version of Drake Stoops, mind you, was still a pretty dang good football player. But, man, Drake Stoops is one of those guys where you you wish he had lifetime eligibility because you always want one of those dudes on your team that lives and breathes and bleeds Oklahoma football, takes nothing for granted, and it would have been the easiest thing in the world for him to take everything for granted because of his last name. Right? And that was never good enough for him, never will be good enough for him. I said it years ago, I will stand by it today as he has now played his final game of college football. I think Drake Stoops is an NFL player, and I think he will play professional football. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I can't disagree there, but Drake Stoops will go down as one of the most beloved and respected uh, Oklahoma Sooner players because, uh, you know, like you said at first, well, it's Bob's kid, you know, maybe a little bit of a break. Maybe he can get a scholarship and contribute some, and boy, did he get the scholarship, and he contributed a lot. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. Let's get some texts in here. Uh, we've got time for a couple minutes worth. Go ahead, Parker. We may have lost Parker. I think we did lose Parker. All right, let's do this. Let's take a quick break right here. We're up against a break anyway, uh, so we'll get reconnected. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here at Riverwind Casino and having a great time. I want to remind everybody that our Alamo Bowl coverage, we appreciate Bob Moore Nissan, bobmoorenissan.com. Come shop today. See the great selection of Nissan vehicles. 0% for 36 months on Altimas and Titan trucks. And uh, how about the great selection they have? The very best. And, again, they've got the selection you're looking for. They're on I-35 just north of Tecumseh Road in beautiful Norman, Oklahoma. And you can uh, check out the inventory at BobMooreNissan.com. All right, break time. We'll come back. We'll rejoin with Parker and uh, get back to your texts when we get back right here on The Ref. Back here at the one and only Riverwind Casino. Always great to be out here. Tell you about some of the great promotions. Just know this. They've got a big giveaway happening tonight, the 100K Frosty Fridays. Promotional drawing is happening uh, tonight. And get out here and win your share again of 100K in cash and bonus play. And then New Year's Eve, the midnight magic madness, 6 to 11.30, Sunday evening, New Year's Eve. Preliminary drawings, giving away 100K in cash and bonus play in this promotion as well. And the eventual uh, big-time grand prize winner is going to win at least $20,240 in cash in a drawing right before midnight. They are giving away. And uh, when all of this culminates, again, to wrap up 2023, Riverwind for the month of December will be uh, giving away nearly $315,000 in cash and bonus play in December in their promotions. In addition to all the millions they give away in jackpots, uh, you know, every month as well. So, all right, we've got Parker back. We do have, by the way, uh, bowl games happening today, Clemson and Kentucky. It is the Wildcats up 14-10 to 10 at halftime. Later on, uh, kicking off here, as a matter of fact, in a little over 10 minutes, Notre Dame and Oregon State in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl on CBS at 1 o'clock. Iowa State and Memphis will play in the Liberty Bowl at 2.30 on ESPN. And Ohio State and Missouri Cotton Bowl tonight, 7 p.m. on ESPN. Sooner fans, now a pure hatred of Missouri and their credit card and deep pockets. Uh, and we'll be rooting intensely for Ohio State, even though Marvin Harrison will not play for Ohio State, uh, obviously, in that matchup tonight. The uh, the greatest bowl game in history also was uh, was played last night. The Pop-Tarts Bowl won by Kansas State 28-19 or NC State. And every national title game from now on should be in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. The mascot, the toaster he pops out of, Becoming edible after the game. Genius. Absolute genius marketing. And uh, Porter and Company, by the way, beat Central Arkansas 88-72 last night. 
Javion McCollum with 23. Otega Oway 16. Sam Godwin, 14 points, 7 rebounds. Sooners will play uh, New Year's Eve at 2 o'clock against Monmouth at the LNC. 2 o'clock tip on Sunday. And uh, we have the Thunder at the Nuggets tonight. It'll be interesting to see uh, this matchup because Oklahoma City, remember, had the big comeback against Denver back on, uh, it's been about two weeks ago, the SGA shot. And uh, the Nuggets were not happy with blowing that lead and blowing that game. Denver's playing better basketball. Uh, The Thunder's already won 20 games. That's uh, happening tonight. Oklahoma City and the Denver Nuggets, and you are going to see a Nuggets team that is going to be extremely focused on avenging that loss to Oklahoma City a couple weeks ago on their home floor. Okay, uh, Parker's back. He's back. So let's get uh, let's get some texts in before we get out of here for hour number one, Parker. To the text line we go, and it's been popping off all hour. I want to go back to one of the very first texts that we got from Frisco Sooner. Steely Parker, and this is kind of a Doomer text. This is why I wanted to come back around to it. I want I want to see Steely's real time reaction. Steely and Parker, there's no sugarcoating this one. It was simply one of the worst collapses or chokes in the history of OU football, with plenty of blame to go around. But I think there was a great lesson to be learned from last night, and that is, you would better play for tomorrow and quit worrying about two to three years down the road. You had a QB in what, his fifth season coming back, who is about to break every NCAA passing record and will be the front runner for the Heisman Trophy. Yet, you chose to keep an unproven freshman who you have absolutely no idea if he will stay at OU long term or not. Give me the bird in the hand and you can have the two in the bush. Well, it's an interesting take. I don't think there's a lot of hate in it. I think there's some logic in it. Now, again... Dylan Gabriel had that conversation with Brent Venables about, you know, possibly playing the bowl game. And, uh, you know, the thought all along was that Jackson Arnold was the future quarterback for Oklahoma. So he decided, you know, it's best for both parties to move on. Uh, Selfishly, probably could have really, you know, begged Brent to play in, in the bowl game. Probably would have been a different result last night. But, you know, it's kind of the nature of college football these days, right? Parker, you've got to, and I don't think Jackson Arnold is a kid who is you know, going to pout, not be a good teammate, but these kids are also looking for opportunities. And, uh, you know, but it's, it, I don't think there's anything super crazy in there. I just think the Sooner plan had always been Jackson Arnold's our guy taking us into the SEC. It was a bumpy first start, but there was some good stuff there too. The arm talent is there. Decision-making reading defenses, you know, locking in on receivers, stuff like that, he'll get better at. What's your take on the text? I mean, look, I I firmly believe that OU's future under Jackson Arnold is still quite right. Last year does not change, or I'm sorry, last night does not change my opinion in that regard. And look, if you had let Dylan Gabriel stick around and play a sixth year, yes, you risk running Jackson Arnold off, and maybe, just maybe, that increases your overall ceiling as a team in 2024 if you have Dylan Gabriel over Jackson Arnold. But again, I don't think that's a judgment that we can make yet. All we know about Jackson Arnold thus far as the starting quarterback at the University of Oklahoma is that 
A, he makes freshman mistakes, which is, is to be expected from a freshman, and that B, he shows flashes of being a truly elite quarterback at the collegiate level. There were some plays he made last night. There were some throws he made last night where you saw that. And I do hope his performance all in all helps deepen the appreciation for Dylan Gabriel because everybody that was calling for DG's head saying, play Arnold earlier this season, well, they saw what you get when Jackson Arnold is your starter, and it was exciting at times, but it was obviously imperfect. I I would not do things any differently if I were Brent Venables and his staff. I think they played this the right way. They got two years out of Dylan Gabriel as their starting quarterback, he was kind of the perfect stopgap, the perfect guy to kick off the Venables era as the signal caller at the University of Oklahoma. But 2024 was always going to be Jackson Arnold's year. I still believe it should be Jackson Arnold's year. Again, I am not overreacting to what happened last night in any sense of the word. I think Oklahoma's future under Jackson Arnold is very clearly defined, and I think it's still quite bright. All right, there you go. Lasher Home Comfort Systems, thank you very much for sponsoring our first hour. We'll get more texts in next hour as well, 405-651-3439. You're always going to have the overreactors. And Frisco Sooner, I mean, that's a that's a question that hasn't been resolved yet. I think it was a pretty good text, actually. But, um, you know, they're, they're always going to be like Trey and people like that that are going to just judge somebody on, you know, one game. They're always going to be there. Got another hour to go. Keep it right here on The Ref. That uh, was pretty much how Twitter or X sounded last night following the uh, Sooners' disappointing loss, a game they absolutely should have won but lost in the Alamo Bowl to Arizona last night. 38-24 to was the final. Welcome back. Steel Man and Thune, hour number two. I am here at Riverwind Casino, my home away from home. Big Friday night, 100K Frosty Fridays promotional drawing happening tonight. You can win a share of $100,000 in cash and bonus play. Why not you, right? Come on out. Have a great meal at Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant or the River Buffet. The food court is nearly renovated as well. It looks awesome. They've got some great dining options. And then again, we have the Midnight Magic Madness promotional drawing. Happening on New Year's Eve, preliminary drawing, 6 to 11.30. They'll give away the grand prize just before midnight. They're giving away $100,000 in cash and bonus play in that promotion as well. It's a separate deal, obviously. And then the ultimate grand prize winner here on New Year's Eve is going to win at least $20,240 in cash from our friends here at Riverwind Casino. We also have concerts this weekend. Ron White happening tomorrow night at the Showplace Theater. Midland on New Year's Eve. That show begins at 9 p.m. You can always get your tickets uh, at Riverwind.com or at the Casino Box Office. And then we bring in 2024 with Boys to Men and Clay Walker, Joe Coy and Friends in February, Air Supply, Scotty McCreary, and in March, the comedy of Jay Leno and Jim Gaffigan. Many more great acts to come to the Showplace Theater here at the one and only Riverwind Casino. Also, our second hour brought to you by Oklahoma Generator. They're Oklahoma's most experienced sales and service staff. They're also Oklahoma's highest rated and longest operating Generac dealer. Might be needing a new generator this winter. That power outage thing is not cool, particularly when the uh, temperatures are well below freezing. 
uh, hook up with Oklahoma Generator online at okgen.com, or you can call 405-321-6631. All right, Parker Thune, uh, transfer portal update, Swiftco Roofing bringing you those, 405-831-8222. Brent Swift, 25 years of roofing, remodeling, and construction experience. He'll personally come look at your roof and home, swiftcoteam.com. So we did get a uh, a tweet from one David Stone not too long ago. It's, I guess it's been a little over a couple hours, but David Stone tweeted out, everything is going to be just fine. Patience is a virtue. I've said it before, and I truly mean it. If you're not with us, you're against us. Oklahoma has a history of greatness, and this 24 class is here to raise the standard. Team 130 is going to be special. Boomer from David Stone. All right. Uh, clearly, the offensive line needs to be addressed. Now, you get Spencer Brown from Michigan State from the portal. You get the uh, the kid from North Texas to come in and play guard, who's very highly thought of as well. Uh, what else are we thinking about the portal uh, again, it closes January 3rd, so, uh, and then there'll be another portal period, of course, later in the spring, but what are we hearing there? Any any update on DJ Hicks? Are you hearing any rumblings there? What's happening, Parker, in that department? No, no, nothing on DJ Hicks yet. We'll see what happens. Right now, I think the main area of concern, the main guy to know right now in the portal as far as Oklahoma's concerned would be the Miami of Ohio defensive end, Caden Willard, all six foot five, two hundred and fifty two pounds of him, nine and a half sacks as a junior here in twenty twenty three. And he will visit Oklahoma next week. I think the Sooners have an excellent, excellent chance to get him committed by the time he leaves Norman. So that's that's what's going on right now. What's up? Any other news? Uh, any updates on Anton Junkaj? Uh, I I am not of the opinion that Anton Junkaj ends up at Oklahoma. There you go. All right. 405-651-3439. That is the number for the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Keep in mind we got our buddy uh, Brandon Drum coming up at 135 here on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Parker, you have the honor, sir. All right. Gosh, we have so many texts. So many texts. A listener in the 832, let's start here, says, I'm not overly upset about last night. We won the passing, rushing yards, etc., so I wouldn't say it was all bad last night. The unfortunate part of all this is that BV seems to lose games he shouldn't. In the end, it's unacceptable to lose to Arizona, Kansas, and Oklahoma State. They'll be better than this next year, but it's not looking like we'll have a good season next year. The D-line looked below average last night, and we have an O-line that could be the worst OU has had in 10 years going into the SEC. Not a recipe for success. That, that yeah. There are many things in that text that I disagree with. For one, I thought the D-line actually played great last night. Isaiah Coe was really good, too, man. And uh, R. Mason Thomas, you know what? A healthy R. Mason Thomas is quite beastly. And... Uh, who else did you think played really well? By the way, and if you didn't see, Marcus Stripling uh, did enter the portal. Uh, no real surprise. No, he, no, there. he didn't. He had he didn't enter the portal. He's done. Uh, he's oh, that's out right. of eligibility. He's done. He Who can't said play he entered, I thought I heard somebody say he entered the portal. Okay, he just was a thank you. Then all right, my bad. 
that's on me. Yeah, it was a thank you and an I'm declaring for the draft, which, okay, he, he's not getting drafted, but I guess you only get to do that once. So, uh, yeah, I thought the defensive line actually played great. I thought the offensive line played a lot better than they were given credit for. A lot of the penalties and a lot of the miscues came in the fourth quarter when that unit was just obviously exhausted, and that's understandable. As much as Oklahoma had been on the field to that point, moving the ball, and they had success protecting Jackson Arnold for the vast majority of that football game. They had success opening the run lanes for Gavin Sawchuk, helped create some explosive plays, and so... I, I did not feel as though the offensive line played badly last night either. Could it have been better? Absolutely. I Listen, me telling you that they did not play bad does not equal me telling you that they are the second coming of the fabled Dallas Cowboys lines of the mid-'90s anchored by Larry Allen, right? Like that, It's not an either-or type of dichotomy there. They played fine. I would say they played above average. There's work to be done, no doubt, but all in all, for not having Andrew Rame, for not having Tyler Guyton, I was okay with how the offensive line played. I thought the defensive line played great, once again. No issues. No issues from my perspective with the way that they got pressure on Noah Fafita and the way that they stopped the run. They did a great job against the run. And yeah, the Arizona day, average Fafita one just yard carries. One yard a carry, Parker. Twenty. I think it was. Was it? Uh, I think it was for Arizona rushing wise, uh, twenty nine yards, if I'm not mistaken. I, I look. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know all about offensive line play. You know, Gabe Eichert or somebody is going to tell you that and explain it. Uh, you know, because they've been there and done that. I thought they were pretty average last night. The one that stands out, and of course, the one that everybody's looking at is, you know, when Arizona rushed three and got to Jackson Arnold. Now, we'll say this. Again, the holding penalties were an extreme nuisance. Eight penalties for Oklahoma, 76 yards. Arizona had half the penalties and half the yardage. But um, I think Jackson kind of got in his head a little bit later in the game, you know, particularly after you had the uh, the uh, Gunnar Maldonado 87-yard fumble return, which was not Jackson Arnold's fault. And, again, it went from – what was originally ruled a pick six to a fumble, but then the next possession, there's an interception, and I think Jackson started holding the ball uh, maybe a little bit more. And when you're trying to block for that long, you're gonna you're probably gonna hold some people too. So it was just uh, it was just a rough uh, <laughs> it was a rough last uh, 15 minutes and two seconds of that game last night for Oklahoma, no doubt. All right, but there were some great throws, man. Brennan Thompson. You got to keep Brennan Thompson healthy, somehow, some way. Man, he's fun, isn't he? He is a difference maker, and you, you saw what Arizona was doing uh, with their safeties early in the game. And guess what? Brennan Thompson get, got in there, and oh no, can't do that anymore. This kid's going to run right by us, which he did for that long touchdown reception. But man, you got he's got to keep that kid healthy because he completely changes what you can do defensively. Uh, when he's in the game. All right, Parker, let's get a some list- more in. A listener in the 940 says, say what you want about OU last night. If Jalil Farouks doesn't give Arizona 15 points, we win the game. So there you go. Jalil Farouk has been rechristened Jalil Oops. You know, he had a rough night. He, really he did. clearly did, and he had a big fumble in the uh, – 
Kansas game as well. Look, but the kid has played his butt off. You you know, it's hard for me to get super angry with him, but you've got to have better ball security, clearly. But you think about, you know, the video in the Cotton Bowl where he was basically Jon Snow standing up to the Texas horde rushing onto the field. Um, look, the kid cares. He plays hard. Uh, you know, he's a good player. He had a rough night. He had a been there's no doubt. I, I, Parker, I mean, Oklahoma was, you know, I even with a field goal to go up 27 to 13, you were up two touchdowns going into the fourth quarter, and maybe even you stretch that drive, you know, a couple minutes into the fourth quarter. You're winning that game. You're going to win that game. Like I yep. said, I I can't remember a play, and maybe it's my old man memory, but that one play that completely changed the entire complexion of a game like that 87 yard fumble return yeah look and jalil farouk you anyway jalil farouk had a rough game last night it happens to the best players in college football every so often they're going to have a rough game he just happened to have one last night it is what it is he of his own accord did not cost ou the football game end of the day like i said to open the show it all boils down to the fact that the Sooners committed six turnovers. That's That doesn't fall on any one particular individual. It falls on the offense as a collective unit, and there is blame to be shared all around in that capacity. But the defensive line played well enough to win. The offensive line played well enough to win. I, the Sooners, in general, played well enough to win the football game, Absent the six turnovers, and it's really that simple. You lose the turnover battle in lopsided fashion like that. You're just not going to win. They didn't deserve to win last night for that reason, and they didn't. Last time the Sooners had six turnovers in a game, 1997 Bedlam. And, you know, Farouk, obviously those were costly uh, costly fumbles. There's no doubt. But, you know, also when you're tied at 24, you can't give up a 57-yard swing pass on third and seven, right? You still got to, you know, play the game, make some stops. Sooners couldn't get it done. I thought the defense wore down a little bit. They really played well for two and a half, almost three quarters. But, again, Arizona wins the game 38-24. Here at Riverwind on a Friday, Mike Steely, Parker Thune. We got our man Connor Pasby running the show for us back in studio today. Let's get some more texts in. We'll hear what Jed Fish had to say about the keys for Arizona. Guess what he mentioned first? We'll hear that audio and get back to your texts next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Okay, we are back here at the one and only Riverwind Casino. Big time uh, promotional drawing tonight. 100K Frosty Friday's promotional drawing. They're giving away $100,000 in cash and bonus play in that promotion. New Year's Eve drawings begin at 6 p.m. Run to 11:30. Preliminary round for the Midnight Magic Madness promotional drawings. Win your share of 100K in cash and bonus play in that one as well. And the grand prize winner is going to walk away with at least $20,240 in cash here at the one and only Riverwind Casino. By the way, maybe you didn't want to see that game clearly last night, at least uh, some of the disastrous stuff that happened down the stretch. But you always want to be able to see 2020 with your best possible vision, right? And if you're in your 40s or older and you're thinking about your vision, let me introduce you to the new LASIK, or as we call it simply, lens replacement. 
Lens replacement provides a permanent solution to your vision needs. And unlike LASIK, which many times will leave patients needing those reading glasses, you know, the old man glasses, kind of like Barry Trammell wears, or adjusting to monovision, nothing against Barry at all. Lens replacement can eliminate the need for additional eyewear post-surgery. And the best part of the whole deal with lens replacement, you'll never require a cataract surgery lens replacement the new lasik a major leap forward in vision correction so if you're ready to see 2020 then check out the new lasik available at the new lasik.com here is what jed fish the arizona head coach said about the game afterwards last night talking about and i think uh, we kind of know what he's going to say but talking about the keys to the arizona victory well, six turnovers in a game is i mean it's the dream number one, and we scored 28 points off of the turnover, so that helps. You know, we were able to run the ball there at the end. I mean, we tried to run the ball. We struggled early um, and really struggled throughout the game, and credit to Oklahoma. Oklahoma's got a heck of a defense now, and Coach Venables is probably one of, if not the best defensive coach in the country. Uh, so they gave us a lot of challenges and a lot of unique looks, but uh, our guys hung with the plan. We adjusted a couple things here or there, and uh, DJ brought us home, as he always does, with that final run. There you go. All right, Parker, I want to get your take on this. Paul Engel, one of our listeners, uh, tweeted this to me. OU started the game with a plan to allow Arnold to throw anywhere. No plan survives contact with the enemy. They started throwing only five-yard pla- passes for Arnold to regain his confidence, and they ran the ball effectively. They got the lead, and they reopened the passing game. The end. What do you think? I mean, look, I I guess I'm kind of unsure where Paul is casting the blame there. If it's on Seth Luttrell, then I, I thought Seth Luttrell called a fine game last night. And, again, I, I think OU had far bigger issues than opening up the passing game again in the second half after they started to find a rhythm offensive. Look, opening up the passing game was working. Right? Arnold hit Brennan Thompson for that 63-yard bomb. And the Sooners were on the verge of breaking that game open if they're able to pound that thing into the end zone rather than Jalil Farouk fumbling the ball directly to Gunnar Maldonado, who goes 87 yards the other direction, to turn that game all the way around. I had no issue with the game that Seth Luttrell called. I had no issue with the offensive flow in that regard for Oklahoma. Again, Six turnovers is six turnovers. You're not going to win a game if you commit six turnovers. Oklahoma losing that game had nothing to do with the play calling. I thought the play calling was just fine. Ultimately, it boils down to execution. Jackson Arnold could have executed better. Obviously, Jalil Farouk could have executed better. The offensive line could have executed better. Everybody could have executed better. But the game plan had Oklahoma in position to put that game out of reach late in the third quarter. And one play, one unfortunate fl- play, changed the entire trajectory of the football game. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. All right, here's one from Jim Rad. Jim Steely, do you think that all of these picks and turnovers will be in Jackson's head when it kicks off next season? I, I mean – Maybe some. I mean, I think it's human nature. I don't care if you're a five-star or if you're, you know, is Brock Purdy going to have 
four interceptions from last week in his head this week to an extent. Maybe when you start the game, yeah, you can talk about, yeah, you got to flush it and move on. But, you know, even these great players are human, you know. But here's the deal. You have to start next season, Temple, Houston next, and then Tulane. And then you have the uh, SEC home opener with Tennessee, uh, you know, later in September. So he goes out, plays great against Temple, plays really well against Houston and uh, and Tulane. They're 3-0, and and he's cooking. Then, uh, you know, it, I, it'll be gone. And it may be gone maybe in the Temple game. Who knows? I don't. I can't get inside Jackson Arnold's head, but I'm, look, he's still a young kid with all that arm talent and a five star and a great reputation. But you know, it, uh, I wouldn't say you completely erase those. You know, like today or something. Parker, what do you think? How much will uh, will that game stay in Jackson Arnold's head? Um, you know, after what happened last night. Zero, zero. It'll stay in his head. Zero percent. Not at all. Because, look, the next time he takes the field in an Oklahoma uniform as the full-time starting quarterback at that, guess what? Eight months will have elapsed between now and then. So if he's got to play again in a week, okay, maybe you worry about his confidence being shaken a little bit. He's going to have an entire offseason to learn and grow and get better and study the film and correct the mistakes, the very, very fixable mistakes that he made last night so that when he comes back out onto the field at Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium next August 31st, he is leaps and bounds beyond where he was last night at the Alamo Bowl from a mental and from a cognitive perspective when it comes to his game. I do not worry about this start and the rough moments along the way coming into play somewhere in the back of Jackson Arnold's head further on down the line, just because, again, it's going to be eight months before he has to go out there and execute all those same reads and all those same plays again. And by that point, I think he's going to be in a much different place. Yeah, you know what? I think you're probably right. The passage of time uh, will help. You're right. If he had to load up and play, you know, next week, it, it would be a different situation. But, uh, yeah, I think you just gave a better answer than me. So thank you for showing me up, Parker. Jeez. No, it was, I think you're right, though. All right, here's one from Romulus right before we get to a break. Uh, XDMs, which are always kind of creepy, but I'll answer it anyway. Steely, where do you rank this with the heartbreaking losses in OU football history? Well, actually talked about that in the first segment earlier today. You know, you have to consider the magnitude of the game. I and mean, this was the Alamo Bowl. I mean, you're going to win the Alamo yeah. Bowl trophy. But, again, uh, in terms of a game that Oklahoma should have won, like I said, for me, it's uh, Nebraska 17-14 to over Oklahoma in 1978. That cost OU a national championship, even though they got revenge in the Orange Bowl. It is the, the Boise State game. You know, it was kind of the same way. You thought you had it won. Wait a minute, you don't have it won. Uh, and then you talk about maybe the uh, the LSU National Championship game where, you know, that Nick Saban LSU team wins in the Superdome. Games like that. But in terms of just Oklahoma should have delivered one more punch and won that game, uh, it's up there. Like I said, I just in terms of the turnaround where I'm sure Oklahoma fans are sitting there on the couch or at the game feeling like, you know what? Feels pretty good to come down here and win, particularly the way the game started. 
and uh, this is going to be awesome. We'll party on the on the Riverwalk tonight, and then all of a sudden, the 87-yard fumble return happens, and it's a completely different ball game, just like that. Okay, thanks, Romulus. Let's break right here. Make sure we get our full allotment of time with Brandon. Brandon Drum when we get back on the Riverwind Casino hotline. Mike Steely with you here at Riverwind Casino. Parker, is uh, you're still in San Antonio, right? Still down here. I thought still so. Chilling. Wanted to make sure. All right, let's break right here. Come back. We'll get Brandon Drum's thoughts next right here on the home of Sooner fans. Here at Riverwind Casino on a Friday, I want to thank also Oklahoma Generator for sponsoring our number two, okgen.com. You can call them also at 405-321-6631, Oklahoma's highest rated and longest operating Generac dealer. And uh, you never know, you might be needing that generator and a new one to make sure you're good to go when old man winter starts swinging away. It's gonna, It's already starting to get a lot colder and you know, there's probably going to be an ice storm or two during uh, the winter months here in the state of Oklahoma. All right, Brandon Drum, I, I guess you were in Colorado, I believe, if I'm thinking right. Uh, Brandon yeah. joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Uh, did that not just feel like the strangest game in the world last night, particularly when you're thinking, man, Oklahoma's about to sew this thing up right here. Oh, no, they're not going to sew this thing up right here. And then all of a sudden, the game totally flips. And the Sooners lose the game. Yeah, it, it, it had a lot of ebbs and flows, and, and, and major ebbs and flows, like game-changing ebbs and flows to the whole ordeal. It was more of a, I don't know. It, there just seemed to be a lot of chaos in that game, and chaos that normally you don't see in games that have two top teams playing. Uh, that are as talented as both Arizona and Oklahoma. But at the same time, there was a lot of inexperience filling in on both sides of the ball, whether it was Jackson Arnold, whether it was Caleb Schaefer at the left guard, whether it was, you know, uh, Troy Everett at center, um, and, and he was banged up in the second half. So there were so many things in that game that you just look at and you go, man, um, it, it didn't look like, I guess the Oklahoma team that played the first 12 games of the year, but that's to be expected, I guess, in the transfer portal era and, uh, you know, how, how things, everybody kind of sits out the bowl games now, but they're not in the playoffs. Um, it still was a fun game overall. I think it was an exciting game to watch. I know Oklahoma did end up uh, on the winning side of it, but, I mean, everybody wants to point to the three interceptions that Jackson Arnold threw and that totally glossed over some of the things that he did that you look at and you go, okay, once he figures out the speed of the game, once he figures out, okay, I've got to hit that back shoulder really quick on uh, kind of that wheel route uh, that Stoops had, that back shoulder route uh, between the two safeties, between the safety and the, and the corner and that covered two. Like, there's a lot of things that you look at and you go, they're correctable, super correctable mistakes. And they've got eight months to figure that thing out, nine months uh, particularly to figure it out. And once they do, I think this team will be on paper in 2024 after the three recruiting classes Brent's brought in. Uh, after, sorry, there's people, somebody's going down the wrong way here in a one-way. <laughs> but anyways, um, so, uh, look, 
on paper, it's going to be one of those deals where they look like one of the top teams, I guess. Uh, he's had three top eight classes. He's brought in some really talented transfer guys over the last three seasons. They've got a chance. If they can stir up that offensive line, I think they've got a chance to produce some this year. Brandon, Gavin Sawchuk probably didn't get as many carries as plenty of fans would have liked to have seen him get last night. But even so, a fifth straight 100-yard performance to close out the 2023 season. Uh, It's pretty clear that the Sooners have found their RB1 heading into 2024. What do you think the ceiling is for Sawchuck next year in the SEC if that offensive line is up to par and he's fully healthy? I think they're going to be really good. I think it's funny you say that because during the first two series of the game, all I did was read on Twitter about, oh, how screwed OU is if he's RB1 moving into the future. He's not hitting the holes. He's slow to react and all that. Then all of a sudden he goes out in the second and third quarter and looks like the best running back in the Big 12. And (laughs) he once again rushes for 125-plus yards on minimal carries and almost averages 10 yards a carry again. Like The guy is a phenomenal player. He doesn't get his due because he doesn't get a lot of carries. He's more of a I, – I, 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 I think he's an every-down back. I really do. I think they're just trying to bring him back. Because you saw that he tweaked his hamstring in the third quarter and he wasn't the thing. Like There was a couple of 15-yard runs that he had made that would have been 40, 50, 60, maybe even touchdowns if he was fully healthy. But you could see that he was, like, pulling up, like, trying to just go down because it was hurting him to run. Uh, but he's all they had. Like, Tolly Walker just looked slow and heavy-footed last night. Uh, I don't know what was up there. It may have been because they were running him on stretch plays, and that's really not his strong suit. He's more of a downhill, hit the A, B gap, uh, C gap, and just kind of kind of go – and try to bang through everybody, and that's kind of what his, his strength is. So I think once they get that shirt up, once you get Javante Barnes' knee back, once you get Taylor Tatum in the in the running, obviously you've got Caleb Higgs. Uh, you're bringing in um, – I just went blank now uh, from UT Martin. Uh, help me out here, Parker. Uh, Sam Franklin. Franklin. Yeah. Sam Franklin, yeah. You're bringing in Sam Franklin. So the running back room is going to look really good, uh, but overall – you know, Sawchuck's going to be the guy, and he is—he's—he's he's special. Yeah, once he gets in the groove in a game, he's hard to stop. Brandon Drum with us. All right, uh, portal stuff. All of our portal update uh, stuff brought to you by Swiftco Roofing and Construction. Uh, the Sooners already got Spencer Brown from Michigan State. Unfortunately, they didn't get OU Geno Geno Vandermark. Uh, you get the uh, guard coming in from North Texas as well. What else do you expect uh, Oklahoma to do portal wise? on both sides of the football, and, of course, people will kill me if I don't ask you about D.J. Hicks. Uh, I mean, I, I look, there was a – in the middle of the game last night, there was a, a, a starter that – I can't remember where he came from originally. I think it was Baylor, and he ended up playing uh, – he started for Baylor, like had 700 snaps for Baylor total in two seasons, played at Florida – had 300-plus snaps last year with a starter in 11 of the 12 games uh, for them at offensive guard, and he announced he was hitting the portal. I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but I think that's the guy. Micah Mazuka. There you go, Micah Mazuka. Um, and, and, and I, and I like, saved it, and I went, put it in my notes, but I'm not looking at my phone right now. Uh, but 
like I think Oklahoma will try to kick the tires around there. I think they'll try to kick the tires around um, with several guys uh, in the portal as offensive guard spot. If they can sure up that other spot, I think they're going to be just fine. To be honest. I, don't, I think it's, it's, it's one of those deals where Beaton is going to get his guys and then they're going to be just fine on the offensive line. I truly believe that. Uh, it, that tends to be the place. They were, they were above average this year. Uh, not not one of his better offensive lines, but they were more than formidable, and uh, they were good enough to make the playoffs. If that was, if, if, if you know, mistakes be damned, you know, in a couple of those games, they were good enough to make the playoffs on the offensive line. So, uh, I, I think when you look at that, if they can sure up those things and get some more experience at center, obviously Troy Everett's been there, but he played the second half banged up, and you could completely tell that he was not the same in the second half as he was in the first half, uh, later on in the third and fourth quarter. And it hurt Jackson Arnold and it hurt the team. Uh, once that gets shored up, you have Josh Bates there as well, one of the top 2023 uh, centers in the country, the number one 2023 center in the country. I think uh, you get all that shored up. I think Oklahoma on defense and offense will be just fine. And then the DJ Hicks stuff, I mean – just be surprised and happy if he gets in there. Uh, I, I, I know that A&M's doing all they can to keep him in College Station. So we'll see what happens over the next, you know, what, till January 3rd. If he doesn't pop in by January 3rd, there'll be another little lull that he can pop into in the spring and kind of go from there. So um, there's going to be more defensive linemen that are going to hit the portal over the next six months. And there'll be some good ones because that's just the way things are with the tampering in college football. We'll see if Oklahoma can capitalize on it. Uh, either way, I still think they brought in one of the top defensive line classes, and they they got a really they got a lot of really good young talent coming back. You saw that last night. They they were really really good on the defensive line last night. Brandon, obviously Oklahoma is going to be deep at wide receiver come next year, especially with Deion Burks joining the fold, but. How can you ignore Brennan Thompson, man? No, that's fair. I mean, could you imagine both those guys running go routes on opposite ends and just telling the safeties, pick your poison, right? Having, and then, you know, maybe a healthy Andrew Anthony come October after he's a year removed from his ACL tear. Uh, or, I mean, there, there's so many different things. Uh, you got Nick Anderson, Jaden Gibson. Um, you, I know everybody doesn't want to hear it, but Jalil Farouk is a good wide receiver. Yes, he has fumble issues. Yes, that's correctable. He, the, his biggest issue is he tries to make more. He, he tries to make too much happen instead of just hitting the ground. Uh, and that's the running back in him. He was a running back in high school, and that's just the running back in him. Uh, it's not quite the same as running between the tackles. You don't know who's coming from where once you get out in space sometimes. And that's bit him in the butt quite a few times this season. Um, he's got to get better at that. I think he will. Uh, but he's still a really good wide receiver. That, that wide receiver unit looks to be one of the better units in the country next year, honestly. Like, Emmett Jones has built an absolute monster there. And uh, that <laughs> – who – who would have thought that going into the 2023 season, right? Wasn't that the big question mark? And now look where everybody's talking like, oh, that wide receiver unit's amazing. So uh, it, it, my how times change in 12 months. So I think as that goes, you, you, you've added another one of the top wide receivers in the country coming in, and Jackson Arnold has, you know, pick your poison. Once he gets things down and can get more comfortable in the backfield, uh, reading defenses, gets he's less happy feet, um, 
Uh, I think everything's going to be okay. And this isn't the first time something like this happened to him. If people need to go back and, and, and read about his freshman year playing in the 6A1 state title game for Denton Geyer. He had a similar incident where he struggled and still played really well and then came back to be one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in, in high school football by the time his career was over. Brandon, thank you. Thank you very much. Safe travels back, and we will talk to you next week. All right. Thank you, guys. Brandon Drum, ladies and gentlemen, there at the end sounded a little bit uh, like Bob Marley and the Whalers. Every little thing's going to be all right. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. All right, we're going to take a break right here, Riverwind Casino on a Friday. We do have a couple bowl games going on right now. Kentucky leading Clemson in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. They're in the fourth quarter, just over 10 minutes left, 21-16. Mark Stoops and company. And uh, Notre Dame leading Oregon State. Uh, second quarter action in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Notre Dame 7, Oregon State 0 in that one. Let's take a timeout, come back, some final notes. Don't forget, Teddy's going to be out here at 3 o'clock today. We'll also get locked in at the top of the hour. But we need a timeout right here. We'll get back to uh, some more information and as many texts as we can next here on The Ref. Back here at Riverwind, uh, they've got, uh, again, the 100K Frosty Friday's promotional drawing tonight. Get out of here. Win your share of $100,000 in cash and bonus play. And again, New Year's Eve, the Midnight Magic Madness drawings will be happening. They're giving away another $100,000 in that promotion. Uh, During the month of December, Riverwind is giving away right at $315,000 in cash, bonus play, and prizes. In addition to all the jackpots they give away every month, we've got shows at the Showplace Theater. Ron White coming up on Saturday night. Midland on New Year's Eve, 9 o'clock start for the Midland Show at the Showplace on New Year's Eve. January will feature Boys to Men, Clay Walker, and Joe Coy. In February, Air Supply, Scotty McCreary. And in March, we have Jay Leno coming Friday, March 15th. Jim Gaffigan, Saturday, March 23rd. Tickets always available. Uh, If they are available, you'll find them at riverwind.com. Tickets for all these great shows and at the casino box office. And then coming up, as we bring in uh, 2024, we have great promotions like the 80K winning uh, resolutions giveaway. And then we have First Down in Neon Town, where you can play on specific gaming machines, the Gaming Capital Group gaming machines, starting January 1st all the way through January 18th. Rack up as many points as you can, and you could be winning one of uh, three trips uh, they're giving away. The uh, another five five trips they're giving away to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas in the first down in Neon Town. That includes, of course, game tickets, transportation, accommodations, thousand dollars in cash thrown in. They always do it right for the Super Bowl as well here at Riverwind. Okay, um, what was the text I wanted to get to? Allen Steely, why are you dogging Jackson Arnold so much? LOL. I I don't think I've been dogging Jackson Arnold at all. He says he can clearly throw the ball when comfortable. Uh, yeah, a lot of quarterbacks when comfortable can throw the ball. He's got a uh, he's got an arm, a NFL arm. I don't think he's got he's got that kind of arm talent clearly. What he's got to do again is just, you know, get more reps, get more game action. Uh, I think he's going to be fine. 
I'm not saying he's going to win the Heisman Trophy. I'm saying, you know, if he pans out, he certainly will have a chance. Sooner's going to play a lot better, uh, you know, team football for that to happen. But he'll, he he has that kind of ability. So, Parker, have I been dogging Jackson Arnold? I don't think I no, have. I do not feel as though you've been dogging Jackson Arnold. I, I love it. He can throw the, the football when comfortable. <laughs> yes, I think our commentary on Jackson Arnold has been more than fair. He had some excellent moments, some flashes of brilliance last night. He had some freshman moments and some freshman mistakes. It was not a perfect performance by any means, nor was it an all-out five-alarm dumpster fire either. It was somewhere in between prolific statistically, 361 yards and two touchdowns, but also underscored by four turnovers, including three interceptions. And so, look, he's a true freshman. He's going to get better. He's going to have eight months to learn and grow and sharpen his stuff before he has to step onto the field as Oklahoma's full-time starting quarterback. This is <laughs> I, what's what would be the proper analogy to use here? It is not the opening chapter to the Jackson Arnold saga that most fans are enthused to be reading. But it is the opening chapter. I, okay, here's the perfect example, Steely. You I remember think the I first season? Going. You remember the first season of The Office? I do. Yes. It was awful. It sucked. Like if that, if if people had drawn conclusions on The Office based on the first season, n- <laughs> there is no world in which it would be remembered today as the greatest sitcom of the 21st century. But guess what? The people who did stick around for season two and season three and so forth got treated to some of the greatest TV that we know today as a society. So guess what? Season one of Jackson Arnold, if that's what you want to term the Alamo Bowl last night, it wasn't terrible. It didn't suck. It could have been a lot better. But guess what? You stick it out, you come along for the ride, I'm inclined to believe that things are going to get significantly better once Jackson Arnold has an additional offseason to learn and grow and develop, not just of his own accord, but in tandem with Seth Luttrell. Yeah, look, man, I'm still a big believer in Jackson Arnold. I think he's going to have a good career and uh, maybe even a great, uh, you know, Heisman Trophy-like career, perhaps, for Oklahoma. He's got that kind of ability. Uh, and again, to base an opinion on somebody who's basically played a game and a half for Oklahoma and started once against a, you know, Arizona's a pretty good football team. Sooner should have won the game, but Arizona's a pretty good football team. But I, I there, there are people who uh, overreact and judge a player, you know, maybe after a game and a half. Most of those people are what we call stupid. Just saying. All right, thank you, Riverwind. Parker, have a great weekend. Be safe on the new year. Everybody, have a fabulous Friday. Teddy here at 3. Take care. We'll see you.